Good morning, everyone. We're glad to see you here this morning. I want to say happy Father's Day to all of our fathers. Uh, we're thankful to God for you and for the, the ministry of being a dad that he's entrusted each of us with. So if you have your Bibles, our, our call to worship is going to be from, the, from Matthew chapter 6. We'll read verses 1 through 14, and as you're turning there, I just want to remind uh, those who are in any kind of uh, ministry position here, the people working in the nursery, uh, dealing with Sunday school classes or whatever, uh, that are involved with our children, we'll have some uh, ministry safe training that's going to take place next Sunday uh, following the service, and we'll provide lunch for that, but we would like for all of you all to sign up for that. There's a a sign-up sheet out in the foyer, and we do uh, strongly encourage you to attend that. It's just a way of learning the basics. This is just a basic level training and learning the signs and, and uh, symptoms, if you will, uh, the, the things to look for with all kinds of abuse that might be taking place in children's lives. And so this is just a simple, easy thing we can do uh, to serve our church. It can also help to serve uh, people in schools and in places. It'll just make us more alert, more aware. Of, of things to look for so that we can protect the least among us. So uh, I would encourage you, especially our leadership and those who work with our children here, uh, to sign up for that, and that will be at the library, correct? All right. Uh, when you do sign up, let me just say this. Please include your email address. Uh, we'll need that in order to get everything set up for the training. So if you have your Bibles, again, we're in Matthew chapter 6. We'll look at verses 1 through 14. Read along with me in your copy of God's Word. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray... Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Will you pray with me? Father as we gather here this morning we are grateful to you for your word. God, we are thankful for the ministry of the Word and the Spirit that, that has brought life to, to so many of us. And God, as we gather here, we are warned uh, by Christ of uh, expressions of worship that are displeasing in your sight. 
And God, we, we want to avoid those this morning. So as we gather, we think about uh, the, the need and the command to be righteous people and to commit acts of righteousness. But there's a way that, that guards that, and, and we want to hear the... the we want to hear the warning, God, and heed that warning this morning as we gather. This righteousness that is done to make ourselves look good, it's focused on our glory and not the glory of, of, of Christ or the glory of the Father. God, we want to avoid that. We want, uh, we want to, to shun the type of glory that makes much of, of us as individuals or makes much of Union Baptist Church or makes much of the Christian West uh, church, uh, the, the church in the Christian West, if you will, or however we slice the pie. God, we don't want to be those kinds of people that, that are glory stealers. We don't want to be those kind of people that focus all the attention on the things that don't matter and, and fail to put the glory on uh, and the spotlight on Christ and upon you and upon your word. And so God, help us this morning as we gather not to be the hypocrites, not to be, because God, if, if we're going to be honest, if we're going to be real, that's where our heart tends. That is the, the direction of the human heart without the instruction of the word and the help of the spirit. And so we own that and confess that, that we are the hypocrites. We are those who, who pray uh, for, the, for the, the glory of, of men, for the praise of men. We are the ones who serve and give so that people can see us. We post, Lord, and, and, and like posts so that we can be seen on social media and, and so that we can have the praise of men as we, as we posture ourselves, God, as those who are... Uh, good and right and, and, and squeaky clean. But God, the truth is, is that we are filthy. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. And so, God, we get into this other portion here where we're warned about how we practice our righteousness and we're also taught how to pray. God, it's quietly, it, it's, it's reverently. Uh, and this isn't the only way that we're instructed to pray, but this is one way as we fight all the, the, the uh, glory stealing of our culture. One very appropriate way that we need to learn and cultivate prayer is privately, quietly, Lord, uh, out of sight and, and, and alone with you. And so, God, we confess that we don't do that nearly enough. God, that our prayers are, are often short, that they're often uh, not reverential as they ought to be. And so we pray, God, thanking you, first of all, that you have taught us to pray that you have enshrined this teaching and this model for prayer in your word. And we ask to understand it, God. We ask to practice it. We pray for the grace to be uh, prayerful people, praying properly, Lord, prayers that are acceptable in your sight, prayers that are faithful. We pray for regularity in prayer. And God, we confess that we just often have no desire or zeal for prayer. And we confess that that's sinful and wrong and it's not okay. And as much as we say grace, 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 it's still sinful and wrong and ought to be avoided that we spend our lives prayerlessly. So God, help us, lift us up as we confess our hypocritical ways, as we confess our weaknesses, as we confess our tendencies toward prayerlessness. Help us this morning, God, and from this point forward to be people that are filled with prayer, praying always without ceasing, praying in the Spirit, God, uh, praying for all kinds of people for all kinds of reasons. And we, we ask that you would help us to do these things, God, that ultimately we would conform to the image of your Son that we would be sons and daughters that are pleasing to you, directing all glory and praise to you and away from ourselves. Help us to do that, God, with our songs. Help us to do that with our giving. Help us to do that as we receive the word and practice it, God. And we ask these things in the glorious and beautiful and righteous name of Christ. Amen. So let's have our ushers come forward at this time, and we'll go into our, our offering this morning. Uh, we've been emphasizing a different mission each month, and this month we've been talking about Crossroads Women's Shelter, 
And tonight is uh, when we're going to meet at the shelter. Daniel, what time are we meeting? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. So we're going to take a meal, do a Bible study and some music. So if you'd like to join us for that this evening, we, we would love to have you. Um, let's pray over our offering this morning. Lord, we come to you and uh, we do pray, first of all, for our fathers here. Lord, it is a difficult task. It's a difficult role. Uh, oftentimes it's difficult because we don't see it being modeled very well in, in too many places. So, uh, Lord, we, we pray that you would raise up men who are faithful in their homes, faithful in their families. And Lord, not just good fathers. We, we need good fathers who treat their children well, who support their, their families. But, but more than that, we need fathers who, who follow the command of Deuteronomy 6 to, to teach their children about you when they're standing up and sitting down, when they're walking by the way. Lord, we pray for godly men who will take the truth of your word and who will be authentic in the way that they live that out and then will transfer that to their children to teach their children. We pray that you would just raise up a, a generation of men in this church who would model that well. And Lord, we know that that won't happen in our own strength. We need your grace and your help to do that. We're all imperfect we're not perfect, Father, so we, we need your strength and help in, in that role. God, we pray as we come to our offering this morning that you would bless it. Again, we ask, Lord, that you would help us to be generous givers. And we do pray for the Crossroads ministry that we're going to be um, doing this evening. Lord, we, we pray for your blessing on that. We pray for an open door for the gospel. Lord, we're, we're going to help minister to, to women who are, are often... Uh, involved in drugs and who are uh, homeless and Lord they, they need many things but but the greatest need that they have is the need of the gospel and so even as we seek to meet some of their physical needs and and be a help to them Lord we pray that we'd have opportunity to share the gospel with them and and we pray that we might be blessed to see you work and open their eyes to believe the gospel and that their lives might be transformed now just help us to be faithful in all that we do, and we pray in Christ's name, amen. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6. We're continuing our series this morning on spiritual warfare, and uh, in these verses, chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, just looking at each piece of this armor and then each command that is given as it relates to that. So begin reading with me this morning at verse number 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to 
speak. We want to focus this morning on verse number 18 where he says that we are to be praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. This is another command that is given in this analogy of putting on the armor, but one of the things that you'll notice here is that there's no piece of armor that is associated with prayer. This is not a, this is not a piece of armor that we put on. And instead, what Paul is telling us to do, now that we are fully suited up, now that we have all of the armor on, the breastplate and the shield and the helmet and the shoes and the sword and so on, now that we have all of those things on, he, he's telling us really the demeanor that we are to have in this battle, which is a watchful, prayerful kind of demeanor. This is the mode or the manner in which we are to put on or take up the armor. Uh, it is one of constant, watchful prayer. We are to have, as people who are in a battle, a disposition of constant prayer. It's the general attitude that we are to ma maintain as we prepare for and as we engage in this battle. Let me illustrate it this way. You can imagine a soldier who's all decked out in the finest armor. If you want to think about a Roman soldier, if you want to think about a, uh, a modern day soldier with uh, uh, his M16 and all of his uh, Kevlar vest and his helmet and, and his boots on, and you just imagine him uh, being decked out, having everything that a soldier ought to have. But, but then imagine that that soldier goes into the battle with all of that armor, and, and yet he has a careless attitude. He, he's not watchful. He, he he's not, doesn't seem to get the idea that, that there are people who are seeking to kill him and that he needs to be cautious and watchful for his surroundings. Uh, you can have all of the armor, but if you don't have the right disposition, the right carefulness uh, in that battle, you will be easily defeated. I feel like I've seen a hundred movies that have a scene that all play out like this, whether it's a war movie or whether it's some kind of sci-fi with a monster, that there's some kind of character, usually not the main character, right, uh, who is just sort of a buffoon, all right? It's the person that just doesn't quite get it, and you really don't like them that much. You're not going to cry over them being killed, uh, but they go into the battle or they go into the dangerous scene, and they're just careless, and then boom, instantly... Uh, the monster gets out, jumps out and gets them, uh, or a, a soldier, I, everybody's awake now, uh, I see a few people holding their heart like I scared them, hopefully no pacemakers went off or anything, uh, but, but you see uh, instantly, they're, they're just gone, like the monster, and it just eats them, or, or they're just step on a landmine, they're blown up, right? Uh, that's, that's the kind of warning that's given here. Now you're suited up for armor, you're going into battle, but this is the way, this is the mindset of the soldier who's engaging in battle, and the mindset is this, that you ought to be praying at all times, and, and that you ought to keep alert in that prayer. There really are two commands that are given here. There, there are two participles in this verse that, that provide us with the main commands and then everything else is sort of descriptive of those two things we we see this in verse 18 the first one is the very first word praying at all times but the word is 
praying. So the command for us is to pray. And, and then the second one is later on in the verse where he says to that end, keep alert. That is the second command. Everything else in the, that verse is sort of describing those two main commands, pray and keep alert. And when we see those two things, one thing that we should recognize is that those commands often go together in the New Testament. Uh, those things are, are, are words uh, or ideas that, that often go hand in hand in Scripture. What, what is the relationship between these two commands in verse 18? Well, it seems to be that the two commands really feed into each other. There, there actually is sort of a circularity to the way that one leads to the other and then the other one feeds back into it. Praying or, or being watchful leads into prayerfulness and prayerfulness really is, in a sense, how we maintain an attitude of watchfulness. And so let's just think about that. First of all, alertness, alertness, keeping alert, being aware, uh, not being inattentive, don't, don't be foolish, don't be careless, don't be unwitting, don't be distracted, uh, don't be asleep. That's the one the Bible usually uses, the analogy. Don't fall asleep. Stay awake, stay alert, stay vigilant, careful, and watchful. That's, that's the idea here. Uh, but that alertness to danger fuels our prayer life. That kind of alertness to danger fuels our prayer life. Notice the words there. Do you see that? To that end, to that end, keep alert. So the first command is pray. You need to be praying at all times. And then he says to that end, to what end? To the end of praying. To, the end, to that end, keep alert. Keep alert so that you will pray. In other words, alertness or being awake, being aware of what's going on around you and the danger that you're in, that alertness is the state in which prayer will flourish. If you want to have a strong prayer life, you've got to be alert to what's going on around you. You have to be aware. When you are aware of your enemy and the dangers that surround you on every side, you pray. It's just, it's just our natural uh, instinct as, as believers. On, on the other hand, if you are inattentive, uh, you will not see the dangers around you and that will lead to a weak or non-existent prayer life. So alertness fuels our prayer life. What, what is the danger? Do we, do we need to be reminded at this point in this series what the danger is? The danger has just been stated. We're in a spiritual battle. There is an enemy who's Satan, and, and, and not only Satan, but all of his spiritual forces, the host of heaven, who are seeking to destroy us. And, and Satan has schemes that he is constantly working to try to bring you down, to get you to fall away, to get you uh, to, to act sinfully. And so we need to be aware. We need to be alert to that danger. And that's why we've spent really so much time and, and slowed down in this passage is just simply because I don't think for most Christians we are alert to the danger that we're in. Uh, I, most Christians I know, and too often in my own life, uh, it's easy to begin to put it in cruise control and go along as if there we're not in any danger. And the reality is Paul is saying the, the whole point of this is wake up. You're in a battle and someone is trying to kill you. Be alert. Be prayerful. And this is the reminder then. Peter reminds us of this, and we've read this passage in 1 Peter 5, 8. Peter says, be sober-minded. 
be watchful. He uses two different words really to express the same idea. Be sober-minded and watchful. Be aware, be awake, be alert. Why does Peter say that? Because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That's a different analogy. Paul says, I'm going to use the analogy of battle. You're in a war. Somebody's trying to kill you. Paul uses, or Peter uses the analogy of a lion, a predator, who is seeking its prey, and you're the prey, so be watchful, be alert, be sober-minded. Now, I always like the fact that Peter wrote that because Peter had firsthand knowledge of what it was like to be attacked by Satan. And, and in fact, at that moment when Peter was attacked, Peter did not heed his own advice. So when, when Peter is writing in 1 Peter 5.8, he's writing from experience, from, from someone who has been taken by surprise by Satan who is a lion seeking a predator. You remember this story. It's, it comes from the Gospels. It, it comes from when Jesus uh, had instituted the Last Supper and as Jesus went into Gethsemane and then Peter denied him. But I, I want to just walk through that passage uh, I'm going to pull a couple of passages from Luke, but mainly will be in Matthew 26. If you want to turn there, you could go to Matthew 26. Uh, but I just want to walk through that passage. And what I want us to see here is how Peter's inattentiveness, his failure to be sober-minded and to be watchful, led him to not be prayerful. And that prayerlessness led to his fall. So let's just walk through this. First of all, we see in Luke 22. Uh, I'll come to Matthew 26 in just a second. But Luke 22, verse 31, this is what Jesus said. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. So Jesus tells Peter, Satan, this lion, th this attacker, this predator, he's coming for you. He, he desires to have you. Now, Matthew 26, verse 30. Uh, this is after the Lord's Supper, which we're going to observe here in just a few minutes. Uh, and this is what it says, Matthew 26, verse 30. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. So here is Matthew's version of, of just Jesus saying to them, look, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to be taken, and, and you are going to fall away. You're going to run away uh, in, in, in desperation. Now, listen to Peter. Peter didn't see this danger. Even with, even with the Lord telling him this, Peter didn't see this danger. Look at verse 33. Peter answered him, though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the roast, rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. So all the disciples joined in. I'm sure they didn't appreciate Peter throwing them under the bus. Like, Jesus, I could see all of them denying Matthew. You know, hey, I could see all of them you know, denying you, but I won't deny you. Jesus, no, you will deny me three times. He says, even if I have to die, I will not deny you. Now, we, we could appreciate Peter's zeal in that moment, right? The, the fact that he's willing to say, grit his teeth and say, I'm going to do this, right? 
But, but what we need to understand is really not that commendable uh, but because he's got sort of a, a pride about him. He, he's failing to see that, that Jesus is telling him, you're going to be too weak for this, Peter. You, you can't stand in your own strength. Peter's self-assured attitude led him to a, a, careless, uh, a carelessness, which actually then leads him to a prayerlessness. The carelessness leads to prayerlessness. So now look at Matthew 26. Um, and it says this, then, then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray, and taking with him Peter, and he said, Peter, you, you come with me. And the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. There's that word watch, watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed. And he goes on to say what he, what he said. But notice he says, watch with me. He goes a little bit further and Jesus falls on his face and begins praying. The watching in this case really was praying. The watching was praying. Do you see that? I don't know if you've ever had to stand guard for anything, but typically when you're standing guard to watch for something, uh, you don't fall on your face. Not a good posture to be looking for things, but, but the kind of watching that Jesus was calling them to was a spiritual kind of watchfulness. It, it was a prayerful kind of watchfulness. He wasn't telling them, hey, you stand guard. Jesus knew that Judas had betrayed him. Jesus knew that the soldiers were coming. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He didn't need anybody to stand guard. When he says watch, he's talking about a spiritual kind of watchfulness. He wanted them to join in prayer with him. The prayer was not that nothing bad would happen, that he wouldn't be arrested, that he wouldn't be crucified. No, no, the prayer was this. Lord, help us to, to remain strong. Help us to remain vigilant. Help us to remain faithful as we go through this trial that, we're, that is about to happen. They're not watching to keep something from happening, but they're to be prayerful that they might have faith to go through it. So he goes and he prays, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. So Peter, here's where we know that Peter was in the wrong. Peter was so confident before. Lord, if I have to die, I will die. I will not deny you. You see that confidence. Jesus says, watch and pray. You need to pray, brother. You, you need to pray right now that God would equip you and strengthen you to go through what you're about to go through. And what does Peter do? He's like, I got this. I don't need to be prayerful. I don't need the Lord's help. I, I can do this on my own. I've got strong resolve. I, I will stand in this trial. And so he sleeps because of this. And so Jesus, when he finds them sleeping, he said to Peter, so you could not watch with me one hour? Now here's a key phrase. Watch and pray. There, there they get explicitly joined together. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Peter, you need to watch and pray that you will not enter into temptation. Is Jesus there telling him, pray so that temptation won't happen? I don't think that's what it means. 
Jesus knew the trial was coming. He knew the temptation for Peter was, was coming. That was inevitable. That had been planned. That was the part of the plan of God. What he's telling them when he says, pray that you may not enter into temptation, he's praying that, pray that you may not fall in this temptation. Pray that this temptation will not overwhelm you. Pray that you will not succumb to this temptation. That's what Jesus, I think, is teaching us to, to pray when he teaches us in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us. Don't, don't allow us to fall in this temptation. One person said this, watch and pray. As the disciples were unmoved by their master's danger, their attention is directed to themselves that a conviction of their own danger may arouse them. Christ therefore threatens that if they do not watch and pray, they may soon be overwhelmed by temptation as if He had said, though you take no concern about Me, do not fail at least to think of yourselves for your own interests are involved in it. And if you do not take care, temptation will immediately swallow you up. The next little phrase that Jesus says in that passage in Matthew 26 is this, he says to Peter, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, this is what Peter didn't understand. You may have resolved build up in your spirit. You may, you may be resolved that you're going to do this. Of course, I would never fall into that. I would never have an affair. I, I would never fall into that sin. I would never struggle with that, right? I, I, I know that I wouldn't do that. The, the spirit is willing but so often the flesh is weak. Jesus was warning Peter, Peter, don't be self-assured. You, you may think you can do this, but I'm telling you, the trial that you're about to undergo is too great for you. You will stumble if you don't have the help of the Lord. And we know that Peter did stumble uh, in this trial. Peter did deny Christ. And, and really, here's the beautiful thing about this. The, the only thing that kept Peter from falling completely uh, was the prayer of Christ himself look at Luke twenty-two thirty-one. this is what he says Simon Simon behold Satan demanded to have you that that he might sift you like wheat but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail Peter I've I've prayed for you I know you're sleepy Peter I, I know you're self-assured I, I know you got a lot of pride I know that when we go to the Garden of Gethsemane and I urge you to pray for your own soul that you will be able to stand in temptation, I know that you're going to think you've got it and you're just going to sleep. But listen, I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And so the, the, the prayer of Christ is ultimately what delivered Peter. So if we, if we recognize the danger that we're in, it will lead us to a careful, prayerful life. Right? See, you see the obliviousness of Peter here? He thinks he's got it, so he doesn't pray, and so he falls. And that's the danger that we are in in this spiritual battle. Satan is coming against us. He wants to destroy us. And this morning, I'm here to tell you, if, if you're careless about that, if you're inattentive to the danger that you're in, Satan will destroy you. On the other hand, if you recognize this peril, if you recognize this battle, it's going to lead you to be prayerful. And through that prayer, God will uphold you. And so prayer uh, 
Understanding this danger fuels our our prayer life. But second, a a constant prayerful disposition is really the way that we are prayerful. Stay awake, this verse says. Well, how do I stay awake? The answer is pray. Prayer is how you stay awake. It's how you stay watchful. It's how you stay vigilant. Colossians 4.2 says this, and, and it draws a tighter connection between prayer and being watchful. It says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it. Prayer is the means by which we are watchful. You know, you see people doing risky things, and sometimes we think, you know, that people are just stupid, right? You see people sometimes, and, and you see these videos, and we like to watch because it's interesting, but, but they have like wild animals as pets. You know, that's not, that's insane. That, that makes no sense. Why would you live so carelessly? Like you know, eventually, it always seems like the story works itself out. Yeah, the, the lion or, or, or the tiger was a great pet until one day he ate the whole family right? The gorillas were really cool until they escaped out of the cage and, and, and killed the owner, right? I was like, why would people do that? You see people doing stunts and, and living carelessly. Here's the reality. When we live a prayerless life, we are living carelessly. Peter was living carelessly. He didn't understand the risk. He didn't understand the danger. We need to understand that. Christian, if you're living a prayerless life, you are being stupid. You are not exercising the kind of caution that is prudent in your life. Secondly, this morning, we need to be praying. Uh, We need to be dependent on the Lord. We need to be dependent. Notice in this verse that he says two different times that, that part of this prayer... Uh, would be supplication, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. This word is a word that has the idea of request. It's a petition. It, it, it has the idea really almost sometimes of, of begging, uh, recognizing there, there's someone who has something and I desperately need it. I, I don't have it in myself. I need what they have. And so I, I've got to make a supplication to them. I've got to beg for them. You know, uh, when we come to the Lord in prayer, we are confessing our dependence on Him. That's really what prayer is. That's why it's such an act of faith. That's why God has, has decided to work through the means of prayer. So often the blessings and the, the protections that God gives to us comes through fa- uh, prayer because prayer is an expression of faith. Prayer is our expression of dependence on the Lord. When I pray, I'm showing that I'm dependent on the Lord. When I'm not prayerful, I'm confessing self-reliance. Look, there's no other way around it. If you're not praying on a regular basis, if your life is not a life that is marked by prayer, you are confessing your self-reliance. I've I've got this. You're like, Peter, the reason we must make supplication is because we're not able to stand on our own. You understand this this morning, that the only thing keeping you from falling is the grace of God. The only thing keeping Peter from from completely falling away in that moment was the prayer of Christ and the grace of God. The only thing that is keeping you from falling away from the Lord is the grace of God. So we must pray. Don't think you've got it. Don't be self-reliant. Don't think I've been living the Christian life this many years. I'm good. It doesn't matter how long you've been living the Christian life. You are dependent upon the Lord. This is where Peter 
went wrong. Jesus said, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. In Luke 21, 36, he says, but stay awake at all times, talking about the second coming, stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape. You see, the source of our strength, the, the source of our strength, the ability that we have to stand in temptations and trials comes from the Lord. And the means of receiving that strength is prayer. And so we need to be praying all the time. Jude says, in the book of Jude, it says, now to him who is able to keep you from falling. That ain't talking about you and me. In other words, we're not the ones who are able to keep ourselves from falling. If my Christian life was dependent upon me, I would fall a thousand times. I would have been done a long time ago. It is the Lord who is able to keep us from falling. And prayer is the way that we express that dependence upon Him. Christian, if you're living a prayerless life, you're, you're cutting yourself off from your source of strength. Thirdly, we need to be constant in prayer. Be constant in prayer. Look at verse 18 again. It says, praying at all times. Praying at all times. This just echoes what Paul said other places. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Romans 12.12 12 says, be constant in prayer. Philippians 4.6 says that we are to be praying in everything. Here's, here's the thing. The, the reason we need to be constant in prayer is because we're constantly in danger. We need to be constantly in prayer because we are constantly at war. We are constantly being tempted. We are constantly being allured by the word, by, by the world. We are, we are constantly battling our own sinful desires. These things are constant. They never go away. You never reach a certain level in Christianity in which the world is no longer alluring or in which your flesh is, is completely done away with. No, in this life, those things are a constant. And so because they are a constant threat, because they are a constant danger, we need to be constant in prayer. We need to remember that perception isn't always reality. You know, more Christians become prayer warriors in the midst of some trial. It's just amazing to see people the way that they, it's like, boom, they go through a trial. Next thing you know, they're at prayer meeting, they're praying, they're, they're, they're reading their, their Bible. Uh, once the problem is gone, prayer typically ceases. The, the problem with that pattern is that it fails to recognize that we're constantly in danger. It's not just when you feel it or when you can see it, but, but that danger exists all the time. The disciples were acting carelessly at the point of Satan's greatest attack. This is one of the greatest works of Satan in, in history, the, the, the crucifixion of the Son of God. And, and they're careless. They don't feel it. Peter doesn't understand what's coming. He, he feels at ease. He, he feels like, no, Jesus, I've got this. And this was the moment of, of the most severe attack uh, from Satan in human history. And listen, what you need to understand is you may not feel uh, the heat of battle right now. You, you may not feel that strong temptation or that strong urge, but this is what you need to recognize. You may be on the precipice of one of the greatest trials, of one of the greatest temptations of your life. It could come this afternoon, it could come this week, and you need to be constant in prayer because that danger is constantly there. So we ought to pray. The moment that you... Think that you're safe is when you're at the greatest risk. 
consider some of the constant dangers. We're in constant danger of drifting into the world's thinking. It's just flooding us all the time, isn't it? It's all over the place. The way that the world thinks, which is in opposition to God and His Word, is just everywhere. We're inundated. We just, it's in the atmosphere. We're, we're breathing it. So we need to constantly be in prayer. Our flesh is constantly pulling us towards sin. Satan is constantly working to destroy our marriages. Satan is constantly seeking to hinder the work of our church, this church. Satan wants nothing more than to stop the effectiveness of this church. Our children are constant targets of Satan. He wants to get to them early. Do you just stop and think about all of those things that are, are on the line, all of those battlefronts, those things are constant, and so you need to be constant in prayer. Consider this morning, how many people do you know who have drifted away from the Lord? If you've been a Christian for very long, I, I would say, dare say, you know quite a few. You may know, even know some, some Christian leaders and some pastors who have either drifted into theological error or some kind of moral failure, and they have just drifted away from the Lord. Listen, these are people typically that we would say, I never saw that coming. I, I never thought in a million years that that person would stray away from the Lord. Listen, that should teach us. If the Apostle Peter can stumble and fall, if these great Christian leaders can stumble and fall, if brothers and sisters that we've known from our own church can drift away from the Lord, listen, you can, that can happen to you as well. And so you need to be constantly in prayer because the only thing between you and that, and that happening is the grace of God. And God acts. He gives that grace through the instrument of our prayer. So we ought to be constantly in prayer. You, you ever think about this? Children are the ones who are not aware of danger. Children are not aware of danger. This is why you've got to watch children so closely. And Father's Day, dads, you've got to watch your kids. When, when, when you're in charge, you've got to watch them. You can't just let them run around. There, there are streets and there are stoves, and there are pools and lakes, and, and children are not aware of that danger, right? So, so they just go right out to the pool, and, and they're just playing around it. They're careless. They're carefree. They don't understand the danger. That's why you've got to have a lock on it, and you've got to be right there with them. They don't understand the danger. Listen, we can be like children spiritually, and I, and I think far too many of us might be that way. We, we don't see the danger, we're, here is Satan attacking us, and, and the Lord is telling us you're in a battle, and he's trying to destroy you, and you're just living your life. I'm okay. I'm good. We're, we're like spiritually immature children who don't understand, who are not aware of the danger. We need to grow up and be mature in the Lord. One of the signs of maturity on the flip side of that is just understanding, just understanding the great danger and the battle that we are in and how dependent we are on the Lord. We are to be perseverant in prayer. He says, pray with, with all perseverance. Jesus said in Luke 18, he told them a parable that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Now here's the danger uh, with prayer. The, the danger is this. The, the danger is that it's easy to lose heart. And it's work. You, you have to persevere. 
There are a hundred things that can pull you away from prayer, whether busyness or just worldliness, laziness, disappointment. God doesn't seem to be answering, so I'm just going to give up. But Jesus would have us persevere in prayer this morning. It, it requires perseverance. Prayer requires perseverance because it is a kind of work. It's a kind of work. You, you know, like you don't tell somebody to persevere in something that's really enjoyable or easy, right? You don't say, Daniel, come on, I know you can finish that piece of chocolate cake. Just persevere, buddy, right? No, Daniel can finish that piece of chocolate cake. It's enjoyable. It's easy. I like picking on Daniel. Uh, but but we, we tell people to persevere when, when the work is hard, when it's work, when, when it's difficult, when there's a challenge to it, when the student has, has made uh, her way almost through college and she's got down to the last semester, but this is just overwhelming and it's difficult, and you counsel her, and what do you say? Persevere. You can do this. Stay strong. You tell her that because it's really hard. We, we tell people to persevere when something is difficult. And, and this is what we need to be reminded. Prayer is a kind of work. And so we must persevere in it. Saint, Christian, this morning, don't give up in prayer. Persevere in it. You see the, the idea that prayer is work in places like Colossians 4.12, where, where Paul says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greet you always struggling he is always struggling on your behalf in his prayers it it is a kind of labor and, and so we need to persevere in that work prayer is not easy it takes diligent effort and perseverance persevere in that prayer then we need to be led in the spirit in prayer be led by the spirit in prayer praying at all times he says in the spirit R remember Ephesians 5.18, the, the chapter before, where he says that we are to be filled with the Spirit. And what he means by that is that we're to be controlled by the Spirit. We're to be under the influence of the Spirit. And, and this is the, the point here. Uh, if you are led by the Spirit, the Spirit is going to lead you to be in prayer. He's going to sustain that. He's going to fuel that. He's going to lead you in that direction. And so we need to be led by the Spirit in prayer. And then finally this morning, we need to be mindful of others in prayer. You notice this in verse 18 as well. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. You see, here's the reality. We're in this battle together. Our mission statement is that we exist at Union Baptist Church to glorify God by growing disciples in community. And that in community is an important part of that statement. It's an indispensable part of that statement. And that's because community is an indispensable part of the Christian life. Uh, all over the New Testament, we see places where, where we are called to help and encourage one another. And here's one such place where we are called to be praying for one another. We're, we're called to be making supplication for one another. All over the New Testament, we see the communal nature of the, the Christian life. And this is just one aspect you see, if, if I'm a true believer, my concern is not just simply that I don't fall, but you're in the battle with me. I need to be praying to the Lord for strength for myself, but I need to be praying for, to the Lord for strength for you. Uh, we need to be encouraging and praying for one another. 
the slogan of, of the military, no, no man left behind, is something that we, that we ought to carry over into the church in terms of the spiritual battle. We, we should not just let people drift away. We should not be unconcerned about them. In fact, if your view of Christianity is, I'm just worried about me, I'll pray for myself, I'm not really too concerned about getting in other people's business or helping them or praying for them, that's a warped and, and an out-of-balance view of Christianity. We're to love one another. And one of the greatest expressions of that love for one another is that we're prayerful for one another. This is the demeanor that we're to have in this spiritual battle. I want to pray this morning. I'm going to close us in prayer. And I want to have our ushers come forward, our, our deacons, and uh, for, for our Lord's Supper, our time of observing that. But let me close us in a word of prayer. Lord, we come to you this morning. We want to pray. We want to pray that you would Make us more prayerful. Lord, we, we want to pray, Lord, that you would help us to be watchful, that you would help us understand the grave danger that we're in. Lord, it, it's easy to dismiss spiritual realities as unimportant just simply because they're spiritual. We don't see them. Uh, we don't directly feel them or experience them in that way. And so it's easy to dismiss those things. Lord, I pray uh, for, for your children here this morning and for myself, Lord, that you would just bring these things to reality for us, that, that you would help us see them in a, in a clearer way, and, and that as we, we begin to understand the, the danger and as we begin to understand this battle that we're in, that we would be driven to our knees in prayer. I, I pray that you would make this church a prayerful church, seeking your help and your guidance in all things. Lord, we are completely dependent on you. You are the one who is able to keep us from falling. God, help us to be reminded of that and help us to seek you more diligently in prayer. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.